Right? This is Lori Spencer. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Um, so not exactly sure when I was saved. Uh, I was baptized as a baby in the Catholic Church, confirmed my belief in the triune God in the second grade, and always considered it good. So Lord, help me. <laughs> okay, I remember that church as a child. Father Kleehammer started that church and was a genuine example of the love and grace of God. My dad was not Catholic, didn't go with us on Sundays, but went to church with us every Easter. He loved Father Kleehammer. Dad was a quiet man and worked a lot, so we didn't see him much. Dad was full of love, grace, and kindness for his children. My mother, who took us to church every Sunday, not so much. She was a heavy drinker from the, my early teens on and had a hard life as a child. And I don't think she ever understood God's grace. So in high school, I became involved in Young Life, a reputable children, uh, Christian ministry, youth ministry, and it was wonderful and I loved it. I went to college and became involved in the Way International for two years, which is a cult pretending to be Christian. I got out. From that point on, I decided to be self-sufficient, beholden to no one, no more churches, no more letting anyone tell me what to do or think about with my life. Okay. When I was 22, um, yeah, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And they gave him six months, and he lived another two years. And uh, let's see, what else? We had, um, I had an, a beloved Uncle Paul who was also diagnosed with cancer, or uh, a brain tumor at that time. And uh, my mom was also diagnosed with cancer. And so, uh, Dad, let's see, Paul died first. Uh, three months later, Dad died. Mom died two years after that. She gradually wasted away with disease like Dad and Paul. Bob and I were married six months after Dad died by a justice of the peace. We didn't go to church, didn't even think about it. After Mom died, I became very angry with God, and I remember being in the yard by myself talking at God, and I said, how could you? How could you let people get so sick? How can you let them wither away and die like this? I turned my back on the Lord for 11 years. I stopped laughing. During that time, I had high expectations for our marriage and for our children and high ambitions for myself. And those years were dark. Eight years into it, with two young boys, our marriage was in deep trouble. A few years later, Bob found a church and started going by himself. At that time, several women I worked with were talking about God a lot, said they could not live without God's help. I agreed to meet with the pastor of that church Bob was attending and his wife at home. I was skeptical, had decided long ago, all churches just want your money. I agreed to go to services. We brought the boys and they loved it. 
We learned a lot of scripture there and about God's love and grace for a time. During Sunday services, we confessed our sins and were given absolution. The pastor used to say, I wish Jesus would come back right after a Sunday service because then the whole congregation would be received into heaven. I found I was sinning during the week and I said to myself, why do I keep on sinning? Why can't I stop? I don't think I can do this. I'm no Christian. I was trying to stop sinning in my own power, like the Catholic Church in this church, ongoing daily repentance was not taught, where we could confess our sins to the Lord, ask for forgiveness, and then be assured we were forgiven with strength to do better by the power of the Holy Spirit, which is what God does for his children. I was not reading the Bible or praying regularly on my own, I was not seeking God well. In this particular church, there was no mention of God's kingdom being available to us now. The church was centered on the pastor, not Jesus. It appeared one had to strive to be good in their own strength. Toward the end of our enrollment there, I read in Luke 17, 21, where Jesus says, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. I listened to Kay Arthur, Steve Brown, and others on the radio. I asked myself, so why aren't we living in the kingdom of God now? And what does that look like? A bit later, a long time, uh, late 90s, okay, still the same church. Both of our teenage boys were in trouble. Not drugs, not bad friends, but they were in heart trouble, and something was wrong physically. At the time, I didn't know what the source was, but possibility of death for both was very real. When I explained what was going on to our pastor, to doctors, to close friends, and many folks in the schools seeking help, one person listened to me. She offered understanding and sympathy, but had no solution. Some thought I was going crazy. Some said I was just a really bad mother. Some said drugs were the problem. One administrative sort said, kick him out of the house. If you don't, he'll still be living with you when he's 40, and he'll take every cent you have. Some who didn't even know our family said, you must just have really bad marriage. In fact, our marriage was again in deep trouble. Given the combined circumstances, I was on the verge of collapse. I'd looked everywhere for help and found none. I placed blame on those who, to my mind, either refused or were unable to help. I had looked everywhere except to the Lord. A bit later, a longtime believing friend from work who had just been hired listened to my story. A couple days after that, she saw a TV show about the effect sleep deprivation has on children. She said to her husband, oh my word, that's Lori's son. That's what's going on with him. And she told me about it next day. And she was right. I probably really got saved around the time Luis Palau came to town in 1999. Bob and I went to see him. We walked into the Civic Center, and a live chorus of a thousand voices was singing. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My heart melted. I felt incredible peace at that moment. First time in a long time. We hooked up with a small group, and did a study of the Gospel of John. John's Gospel will forever be my favorite, especially chapters 14 through 17. 
as I read, the words leapt off the pages and into my heart like never before. The following verses are all from John chapter 14. Jesus is speaking to the twelve on the night before his crucifixion. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And I will not leave you desolate. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And if a man loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. And these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. In John 16, 33, Jesus says, I've said this to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We started going to a different church where we saw God moving in the hearts and lives of others. Jesus, a Jesus-centered church at the time. They were experiencing the kingdom of God now. They were studying God's word and praying for each other a lot. As I read my Bible and prayed, the Lord became more real to me with each passing day. I learned God is in control and carries us through bad times when we let him. I needed to be, I need to be reminded of this regularly, like a child who has to be reminded of the same things over and over. I learned I could direct, go directly to the Lord anytime, confess my sins, and that he would forgive me on the spot. That by the power of the Holy Spirit, he would help me do better. I learned there is great power in prayer that God hears every prayer and lives in the hearts of believers, that my biggest sin was failure to seek the Lord, that abiding, him, that abiding in him would best help me see, confess, be cleansed of my sin, and help me drop the baggage. I learned that the Holy Spirit is alive and that I could cry out to the Lord in any situation and he would show me the way. Still, I forget this, and regularly and need reminding. The Lord bound up my shattered heart there. He healed my husband's heart. He healed our marriage and he healed our, the hearts of our children. I no longer get angry most of the time, though there are still certain situations that will set me off. I'm less self-centered, have almost no expectations of anyone or ambitions for myself aside from asking the Lord to show me the way. 
The example of God's love, mercy, and grace that we see in Jesus is so much more powerful than any expectations or ambitions of mine. In Matthew 9, 13, Jesus says, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And in John 15, 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. I fall short and continue to be weak, but when I'm weak, he is strong when I allow him to be. Goodness. I can do nothing without God's help if I'm not abiding in him, praying, confessing my sins, offering praise, thanksgiving, reading his word. I'm not going to be able to receive his help and can muck around all the day long. So praise and thanks be to God who is in control and whose mercies are new every morning. <laughs>